this is Coach's Chat, and I'm Betsy Foster. You're in for some thoughtful conversations with fitness industry professionals, musings on current topics in the wellness field, and actionable advice for building a thriving career as a fitness professional. At Foster Strength, my mission is to lead and educate colleagues in the fitness industry to deliver client-centered coaching that gets clients real results built on sound scientific principles, encourages them to build a long and fulfilling relationship with exercise, and disrupts toxic fitness culture to foster an inclusive industry. Let's get going. another episode of Coach's Chat. Betsy here coming to you with um, a short episode today, some quick thoughts on how you can improve your coaching with a little bit more silence and a little less of your own personal journey. I am going to get some guests on here in the next few weeks. I'm starting to return to a more typical schedule for me, and so I'm going to get some people on here to chat with you so you can hear some different voices, some different perspectives. But today we're keeping it short with just a few helpful tips. So what I want to talk to you about today is limiting personal anecdotal stories in coaching. What do I mean by that? So oftentimes there is kind of a natural human urge, I think, to quickly share a personal anecdote with someone in order sometimes to relate, in order to make a connection, which isn't always a bad thing. So I'm not saying that we can't do that ever. Um, But I do think sometimes in personal training, we rely so heavily on that, that the experience becomes more about the coach rather than the client. So let me talk through a few examples here. This isn't necessarily specific to coaching, but I always use it as an example of sort of emotional intelligence and how we relate to people and what people need in a given moment, realizing that everybody needs something different and everyone's personalities are different. But have you ever experienced like loss, tragedy, something something really uncomfortable for you where you share that information? I think about sometimes like when I talk about someone who's passed away. I share that information with someone, and before I even finish the sentence, that person I'm talking to says, oh, I lost so-and-so too, two years ago. And in that quick moment, so like let's say I've lost a pet, that person also two minutes later says they had that same experience. I feel like not only have we turned the conversation to your loss or to your experience, but you didn't necessarily even let me finish my thought. And it's an assumption that because we have shared similar experiences, you are going to know exactly what to say. And I often think that that is not the case. Oftentimes, I think people are looking to be heard and maybe be related to 
But I think we can temper that a bit, hold it back a little bit, and let that conversation, particularly in a coaching um, environment, not necessarily in a friendship environment, but that's up to you and how you kind of um, build relationships. In a coaching environment, particularly when someone's paying us for training services, the experience and the conversation is all about the client. Additionally, in coaching, when it comes to movement-specific things or habit-specific things, nutrition, sleep, all of that, when we start to coach from our own anecdotal personal experience, we, one, make the experience about us, but also we're negating the idea that there's variability in the human experience, the human body, all of that. So for example, and I think I think that this conversation is particular to some new trainers sometimes because oftentimes when you just started training, the only thing that you have to pull from in terms of exercise, nutrition, general wellness conversation are your own experiences. And so I'm not necessarily saying you can't share that, but listen to this example and see see if you follow me here. So let's say a client is struggling to get breakfast in the morning that's satisfying for them and that gives them the energy to do their workout with you. And then immediately after they share that with you, you say, I don't eat breakfast before I work out. They, whether or not you intended it that way, the first thing that they hear is, oh, that's what I should be doing because you are the fitness nutrition expert for them. So then maybe the strategy that they take in the next few weeks, months, is cutting out breakfast. And while it could be the right solution for them, it may also not be. But because you sort of offered your personal experience, it overrides any of their sort of intuitive understanding of themselves or any problem solving that you might um, need to do for their specific situation. So instead of offering your own personal experience right off the bat, we can get more inquisitive about what their circumstances are. Oh, I hear you have, uh, I hear you're saying you have trouble figuring out that meal. Talk to me about how quickly after you wake up are you eating? Talk to me about what foods you like. How quickly after that mealtime are you working out? Do you have an opportunity to eat an additional X, Y, or Z before? Do you find that the food sits heavily and that is what's getting in the way of the workout? All of these are just questions to understand their experience. Then with that information, our first step should be trying to come from a place of neutrality in addressing their situation in terms of taking well-researched evidence to make a recommendation and a 
we can take anecdotal information, but it's, it's best if we take it from sort of a large swath. So, um, you know, when we're talking about our own personal experiences, we've got a very small sample size, and we're talking about the N of 1. Whereas if you've been training for a while, you can often take sort of the collective and say, for most of my clients, this has worked. Now, I know that can be tricky when you're just starting out. So you may want to rely on what you've read in your certification texts, what you're learning from your mentors, things like that. And then as you accumulate that information, you can share what has worked for past experiences with your clients. Because we've got to remember that our own personal anecdotes often come from a place of someone whose whole life, or at least a large part of our lives, revolve around fitness, nutrition, wellness. That's the position that we've put ourselves in. Now, that is um, a little reductive in that we all have lives too. And for some people, they got into coaching because they love um, the personal relationship building. And sometimes even they struggle with workout motivation. I mean, we all at some point probably have those struggles. But we've got to realize that we are likely on the end of a spectrum where a lot of solutions or strategies are not going to be always as applicable to the average client. So pulling from our own personal anecdote can sometimes not only be ineffective, but isolate our clients because they then feel like, oh, if it's that easy for you, or if this strategy worked for you, it should work for me. When many times that client, their priority, the fitness and nutrition and wellness aspect of their life is six priorities lower than ours. And there is nothing wrong with that. It is a different situation. It's different. They exist in different circumstances. Now, let's talk a little bit about how your personal experiences can be helpful. Sometimes a client is looking for a related experience in terms of anything. Was it a struggle for you to get your pull-up? Is it a struggle for you to sometimes get to sleep at night? That can be really helpful information, but it's only in certain circumstances and we kind of want to suss that out a bit and let it be a strategy that we use sparingly. So I encourage you to use those circumstances when you really know the person, when you know that client, when you've developed a relationship where sharing information about you isn't necessarily taking away from their experience. Because again, remember, when someone is paying you for personal training, their experience is priority number one. Their conversation where they want things to go is priority number one. And you updating them on your weekend is great and they usually like to hear that, but only when they ask, got it? Um, so similarly, sometimes when someone is really struggling with something, they do wanna know that you struggled with it as well. But this is where we have to kind of key into our emotional intelligence. We have to be aware in a situation 
where we realize this is what they're looking for from me right now. And sometimes that's just a skill that you have to build. You have to be able to read that person and understand what they are looking for and what could be helpful in that situation. Particularly, and I say this, um, I say this with love and, and, um, and care and not to knock anyone, but I think you need to be specifically very sparing with comments about your own body image and your own self-doubt and your own working through stuff um, more than any other topic. Because again, remember, you are the fitness professional. And while sometimes people want to know that you struggle with those thoughts as well, can you imagine being a person who's experiencing something like that and then the conversation becomes all about your struggles with body image or your struggles with um, weight or and or dieting, things like that. Again, it's about that individual's experience. And it goes for how we train, how we program, all of that. Your client may have the exact experience um, with their squat stance that you do, but they also may not. And it really is about what's going on for them and being discerning about what information really applies to them about your personal experience. For the most part, you need to take a much larger sample size and you need to go with things that have been researched things that we have kind of solid information on or a large collective of a large group of clients experience X. Your experience is likely different than many of your clients. So all that to be said, it's a fine line and there are going to be times where it's appropriate to share your experience, but we want to lean heavily on keeping that um, keeping that as only one strategy for coaching someone and instead relying on other things. Typically, what I like to suggest is when in doubt, ask more questions. Keep asking questions because in that sense, with the right questions, you lead your client to the solution that is most appropriate for them, or you get the information that you need to make an appropriate recommendation. So with habit coaching, they're likely going to land on the thing that's most appropriate and you kind of shape it for them. When we're talking about coaching movement, asking more questions just about what they're feeling and versus what you're seeing will also help you create an appropriate cue or an appropriate um, exercise regression, progression, change in load, any of those things, rather than you just going by what has worked for you personally as a trainee in the past. So again, if you're in doubt, ask more questions. Get to know more of what their personal experience is, particularly if you're just starting out and you're feeling like you don't have enough of a client base to make recommendations. You'll get there. You'll get there. I promise. 
be wary of relying on just your own personal training experience. Your own. Your own training. Does that make sense? Good. All right. So I love talking about this stuff. This one's like really important to me. I just feel like I spend so many times in the gym hearing trainers talk about themselves and I'm sure they're interesting, but like, come on. Um, we've got cool stuff coming up for you in the very, very near future. I have a cool course coming your way all about converting those initial consultations into paying clients and creating awesome programs for them. I'm going to have more information for you out by the end of this week. So stay tuned on Instagram. Um, That's where I'll have most information. And if you're not on my email list, be sure to hop on there. So you can go to my website and subscribe. You leave your email address. I email around once a week, though sometimes it's less frequent. Um, and I'm going to have some information about this new course very, very soon coming through the email. Um, the email is like sensitive. So if you just make sure that you're always checking when you first sign up, that it's not heading to that spam folder, get my little address on your welcome, your welcomed, uh, senders list. And then you'll get all that information as soon as it is available. As always, I'm here to chat. Um, You can email me, Betsy at the letter B, fosterstrong.com, or I am always on Instagram, so you can send a message through DMs at foster underscore strength. All right, until next time, go kill it, change some lives, uh, and... We'll talk soon. Bye.